0: That time of the week again. It's flat out RC time. Welcome back to the podcast where we talk all things radio control flight. We're talking radio control planes, helis, and drones. What an episode we have for you this week. We are taking a close look at the scale world championships and the two of the Australian team members. Melissa and David Law are joining us. They've both been on the podcast before. David Law's podcast is actually one of the most listened to podcasts, actually. So we've got the team back to talk about their shenanigans at the latest world champs in Norway. So stay tuned for that. But before we get to that, let's take a look at what's been on my mind. What has been on my mind? Well... Quick shout-out again about the 39th Mammoth scale fly-in at the Valley Radio Flyers Club, Australia's largest giant-scale fun fly event. 17th to the 18th of September at the field, at the Valley Radio's field down in uh, 935, gee, my eyesight's bad, 935 Kers Road, Karamomus. Look up Valley Radio Flyers on uh, Google and you'll find out where it is. Uh, Big planes. Monoplanes minimum wingspans eighty inch. Biplanes are sixty six inch. Um, registra- registration for pilots is open now. Forty five dollars pre register before the uh, before you turn up on the day is fifty dollars. If you enter prior to the event starting, you go into the draw to win a thirty cc Hangar Nine Ultra Stick. Uh, and then all pilots will be in the draw to win a UMS radial engine proudly support, supported by Ozstar's model. Uh, and that, by the way, model flies donated the Hangar 9 stick. They're good, those Hangar 9 sticks. I've had one of those. I think I said that last week. But the UMS radial engine also looks good, uh, thanks to AUSTAR's model. So um, get in quick. You will be able to buy raffle tickets um, on the day. For the motor. Buy them for me. Come to see me, Andrew from Flat RC, to buy your raffle tickets because I've got a booklet there I said I'd sell. So we're gonna have a bit of fun with that as well. Uh and I might even give you a bonus if you buy one from me. Surprise. Anyway, uh, flying, it's a two-day event, Saturday and Sunday, flying from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. You can camp at the field. Public is available. Um, I think there is a small campus fee is $20 for the weekend. Um, five dollars entry for public under 16 free food and drink available grab a burger grab a snag grab something from there um don't bring your lunch buy your food there uh it is well catered for so it's been a while it's been a couple of years since we've had the big mammoth event and uh so everyone's getting ready if you've got COVID, stay home because we don't want to get uh, turn this into a super spreader event anyway mind you my friend's got the and covert and we think he got it from visiting the flying field so see it can happen ladies and gentlemen Anyway, uh, 17th, 18th September, 39th Mammoth Scale Flying, sponsored by Ozstars Model, and also proudly supported by Model Flight R C. Entry forms available at valleyradioflyers.com.au. V-A-L-L-E-Y, radioflyers, f L Y E R S dot Get onto their website, check out what's going on. Okay, enough about that. What has been on my mind? Question for you. How long does it take you? to build a model. I'm hopeless at it. I, I I admire people that can grab an ARF and finish it in a weekend. I have done that with small models, I must say. But it took me five years to finish my 100cc. It was that bad that when I had this other 100cc that I wanted to get built, I paid someone else to build it. Thanks, Ash Cox. Did a good job. Uh, and now that's sitting in my trailer. Uh, but I'm just really, really slow. I've got models that have been sitting there ready to go for probably uh, two years now that haven't flown. Uh, and I don't know why. I think it's just me. I think I'm pretty useless when it comes to that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I look this this week's podcast, we've got David Law. And you have a look at what David can build. Uh, and there's countless of great builders that I've interviewed over the years. You know, Ray Melton, Rolly Gowman's building uh, a lot of model planes and things like that. So, I really admire you, but for me, it's just—it's one of those things that I'm always having playing this juggling act of, um, you know, what do I do first kind of thing. And I know I'm—I'm I'm, you know, I'm forty-eight years of age, and I'm pretty busy with work and family and stuff like that. And I know that my time will come; we'll have a bit more time, um, but um, but I just still don't think I'm going to be a quick builder. I think I'm just—I actually started scratch building a, a model about ten years ago. A stick, a tiny little stick, and and that's not finished. I've got all these projects where I've just parked for my retirement. I I bought um from Peter Goff from um Scale Aero Products, uh a an Aeroflight Ares kit, um that he laser cut and um and again I bought that because I know that's going to be a long term kind of thing just trying to relive my youth then that that's probably going to be a 20-year proposition i reckon so I'm, I'm just hopeless at it but anyway to all those people that can build models at a rapid pace i salute you because i just can't do it so anyway um as you can tell this hasn't been much on my mind i've been been oh, traveling a bit for work and and uh but i'm counting down the days for the shepherd and mammoth event really i know i just gave it a bit of a plug but it's like a milestone in my year. That is what I call the start of my flying season, my spring flying season. I I go skiing through winter and and winter we get up and down weather like, you know, there was supposed to be a a jet event on this weekend or the weekend this has gone past by the time this comes out and, you know, the field down at Bansdale down here is a bit wet, you know, because we've had a fair bit of rain and that's just winter in Australia, especially in the Southern States. Uh, But um, I get to the middle of September and it's like, okay, Shepherd and Mammoth is on. Often we have really good weather at the event. and Touch wood. It's going to be the same this year. Uh, But then, okay, that's me. Planes ready. Let's go to the flying field. Let's have a big crack in the flying before summer hits. Because when summer hits, I like going to the flying field when it's stinking hot. But I do think that nothing beats a nice hot day in a glider. So it becomes glider season. And I've got my F5, There's one, I've got this F5J glider, the one that I ran into the back of my head, launched into the back of my head. It's all repaired. I've got to put the receiver in. Do you reckon I've done it? How long do you reckon it's going to take me to go and put the receiver in the damn thing? And, you know, the radio setup, I could probably just use the setup that I already had, tweak it a bit, make sure that everything's trimmed okay and all that kind of thing. But um, moral of the story is I'm useless. It's guest time, my favourite part of the podcast. And this week's guests are, and I say guests, plural, because uh, we have David Law and Melissa Law joining us. And uh, this couple has just recently returned from the Scale World Championships. And boy, did they do well. Uh, And I wanted to get them on to to share their story. And um, for those of you on Facebook and have followed um, the um, Australian... F4C slash H scale World Champs page, um, you'll see they they posted a lot of photos and we talk a bit about that in our chat. But I wanted to have get them on to talk about the event and the experience of going to the World Champs from start to finish. And we managed to cover that and uh, had had a few laughs along the way, especially towards the end. So make sure you stay to the end. So anyway, over to my chat with the two legends of aero modelling down here in Australia, David Law and Melissa Law. Well, it's the first here on the Flat Out RC podcast. We've got the first husband and wife team. They've both been on the podcast before. They've just come back from the Sky World Champs. David and Melissa Law, welcome back to the Flat Out RC podcast. Thank you, Andrew. Hello.
1: Thanks, Andrew.
0: Well, uh, look, I'm really excited to have you two on. I genuinely am uh, because you've come back from the Sky World Champs. You've done really well. We're going to share the story from start to finish. So, David, where were the World Champs held? Because I always get it wrong. Well, uh, the World Champs were held in Norway as to the
2: specifics. I might hand over to Melissa to answer that <laughs> because she's better than I am at remembering these things.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, we're at a private airport in um, Sandefjord in Norway, which is about an hour and a half south of Oslo. Yeah, okay. close
2: to um, Tilnsberg, is that right? Tonsberg?
1: Yeah, Tonsberg, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I was wrong. It's in Tonsberg. We stayed in Sandsford.
0: So even yep. and I got it wrong. Okay, well done. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it, it's a long, long way, you know, it's far away from Australia, definitely. It's yeah, like, absolutely. It's not a short trip. So um, we'll get to that, getting there. The categories that you were flying in, because you both were in different categories, weren't you? So, yeah, so yeah, David, yeah. tell us about what, what category were you in? I
2: was flying in f 4 C. F4C. Um, which is, um, it was basically the original category for international scale competition. Um, and then they introduced uh, F4H, uh, I think the first time it was run was in 2012. And that's what Mel was entered in. But she can tell you that there was a, a an extra part to that this time. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yes. Well, tell us.
1: Uh, the... Um, Originally back in um,
0: before COVID
1: hit, the World Champs were meant to be in 2020 and the organiser there um, in Norway had a category for women and he said, why don't you put a model together and come over and fly? And I said, all right, cool, no worries. So um, unfortunately, COVID took over and we were two years delayed. But, um, yeah, so they, they put a category just for females um so
2: yeah whenever he gave it a shot yeah so how it worked was we um in in f4c they introduced uh juniors so you could have a full f4c team and a junior and the same with f4h you could have a full f4h team and a junior and then they also added a female category so on top of both teams you which is a team of three normally there was a junior and a female as well um all that would need to happen when it came to selecting the uh, the winning teams was that you'd have to nominate which pilots in both teams were going to contribute contribute their points towards the team score.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. The, from what I gather, the, the difference in the categories is F four C. You have to build the model yourself from scratch.
2: Um, look in 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 F four C. If you wanted, you could take a model that had been built by someone else completely and enter it, but you would get zero points for static. So F4C, um, 50% of the score is your static score, and, and the more you do yourself, the more you are rewarded in static. Whereas in F4H, you can start with an airframe. The criteria is you need to cover it detail it, and paint it. Um, Anything you do less than that, of course, you get points deducted for.
0: Yeah, okay. Yep. So, and the team comprised of yourself in F4C, you had Melissa in F4H and Greg Lepp in F4H as well?
2: So in F4C, we had myself um, and Noel Whitehead, and F4H was Melissa and Greg Lepp. Uh, back in 2020, when we first were hoping to attend this World Champs, F4C was myself, Noel Finlay, Noel Whitehead. F4H was um, Greg, uh, Anthony Ogle, Peter Goff. Melissa as a female, and we had a junior, Belint Banco. Um, Unfortunately, because of COVID and the time delay, um, Bolent was no longer a junior when the time came around um, and you know, changes in circumstances and, and all the rest of it. The the um, team reduced down to the four or the two teams was two in each class this time.
0: Yeah. Well, t what, Noel Whitehead's a bit of a legend to turn up again. <laughs> well,
2: um, a lot of people may not know this, but... I did my first world championships with Noel Whitehead in 1994. Um, I think Noel had already done one, and um, I was damn determined to do my last one with him, and um, I think this will probably be Noel's worst last world champs he flies in, but um, I'm happy to have done the journey with
0: him. Yeah, great guy. And, oh geez, yep. planes a nice plane as well. Yes. Okay, now speaking of planes, uh, we'll start with you, Mel. Tell us mm-hmm. about your model because I do like your model. I do like yours too, David. I've taken <laughs> nine million photos of it and I love taking photos of it. But, Mel, <laughs> tell us about your model.
1: Um, well, I, I've uh, got a Super Decathlon. It's a quarter scale. Uh, the current full-size model is actually a uh, model new um, Aeroplane is at Airport, Bearport um, down the Mornington Peninsula. Um, yeah, it was – I originally got as the um, – the decathlon as a kit and ripped off all the covering and changed part of the airframe to originally we only had photos from um, when it was previously located interstate, so it made it a little bit harder when you can't actually get your hands on the full size. But um, all, all the changes that I did um, to the airframe, um, not overly huge changes but enough to make it look more like um the full size and the colours, and were all off photographs. So when we got the opportunity, about um, two months before packing up the models, and I knew it was down in Melbourne. Sorry, at uh, Tayab, we packed up the model, and I went down there and um, had some photo taken with the full size, and I was pretty well um, on the mark, which was which was quite satisfying actually.
0: Yeah. Now, what size is that? So, what's what engine you got in that? It's a good indication it's, of the
1: at, size.
2: Uh, I, I think it's a 35
1: uh,
0: Stinger
2: Twin. Do you want some um, help there? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's an RCGF uh, Stinger and it's the 30cc, horizontally opposed. Oh, excellent.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So but, but you've done an amazing job because you can't tell that that was a kit, that plane, you know, with with the modifications you've done and and the colour yeah. scheme as well <laughs> is, is okay. really, really good. I just I love the Cathalines. Yeah. If you
2: want to talk about an amazing job, you've got to know that up until 2019, Mel hadn't had a transmitter in her hand for 30 odd years, so when we made the decision that she was going to give this a bash, she basically had to learn to fly again as well as building an aeroplane um, and everything else. Yeah. You have to do and all the hoops she's got to jump through to get to a world champs, and she pulled it off, which is just remarkable.
0: That is true, and we're going to get to that performance because it is phenomenal and very proud of you. <laughs> and you know, I've Thank been in the field when you guys are practicing, and um, and M- M- Melly always seemed really calm and having a bit of a laugh if you <laughs> fluffed a landing or something <laughs> like that. But we'll get to the flying thing, right? So, that so, okay, let's go and have a look at David's model. It's a model that you have worked on extensively. um yep. tell us about that. <clears throat> Um, Well, I think everybody's
2: sick to death of my pitch special, but that's what it is. It's a a pitch s 2 a It was modelled off uh, a a pitch special that's out at Moorabbin Airport at the time, or during the process of me building the aircraft. It was bought by Oxford Aviation, um, and that's why it's got Oxford written on the side. I first competed with it in 2010 in Poland, and I've been... um, working on it ever since uh every championship so i'll come home with something i can do or something to change um there's been a number of times i've looked at the plane and thought gee i've got nowhere else to go with this but there is always something and um what i brought probably brought home with me from um the world champs in switzerland in 2018 was um one of the static judges that said that pointed out um the shape at the bottom of my fuselage said that, you know, he, how he saw it. Um, and I, I had a look at my documents and checked the measurements I had, and um, I, I can't say it, it aligned with what he was telling me. But I found enough to warrant making a change, so I cut the bottom, uh, the covering off the bottom of the aeroplane and, and changed it. Um, and um, again, it, it's, it's paid off. So, it's i don't build an airplane and say okay that's it um i will be continually asking questions and trying if someone says to me here's your static score and you know you're in fifth or sixth place i want to know why And, and and i'll make damn sure when i go back next time i've eliminated that issue they told me was there and um i i basically beat them down until they've got no argument left
0: Well, that's a good way to go. If you want to win, you've got to keep on chipping away at the weaknesses and, you know, do you think it's helped having that same model and taking that same model back year after year?
2: Oh, yeah. Look, um, when I first started competing in international scale, there seemed to be a trend in Australia where you'd build a new aeroplane for every event. Um, I had a look around at the people that were doing well and um, I wanted to do well and um, they didn't do that. Um, I don't know if they do what I do as far as making changes. Um, I know there's a few of them out there that are compete competing with an airplane that looks the same as the one I saw ten years ago, but it's a different aircraft. So that I'd say they perfected as well. Um, and a world champs is every two years, so ten years can go by very quickly. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's been the right choice. Um, my my model has been way up the there in static um since about well basically since about 2010 when i first took it it started with a good static score and i've just you know in 2014 i won static 2018 i was third this year i was second like i've i've been able to keep it up the top end um i think if i just left it how it was other models would have overtaken me by now
0: yeah no good strategy i think uh mm-hmm. definitely now okay Um, You guys are good at sharing information on Facebook, which I appreciate because then we can all come along the journey with you. And (laughs) I know there was a lot of work that went into getting the models ready, one, and then getting them there. Right? Yep. And Mm. I'm always fascinated at you two going across these world champs, taking these immaculate models. Tell us a bit about the preparation of getting the models over there.
1: Um, Well, I was lucky enough. I've got a builder as a husband, so um – he built me a transport box, um, and it's not just made out of any type of timber. Um, it's a – Dave ordered a, a special type of timber um, that's used for um, – is it the tar cases, Dave? Uh,
2: yeah, it's, it's what roadies, um, road boxes are made of. It's a, yeah. an audio equipment box, plywood that's laminated. Yeah,
1: yep. yeah so um, that was made to the, – the, the size was to fit – my decathlon, and that in, in itself took a couple of weeks. Um, it's got to be a specific design so things don't get stacked on top of it on purpose. That's why they that can be a bit of an odd shape. But um, yeah, the, the lead up to packing them and making um, wing bags and fuselage bags and popping foam inside as well. And then due to the all uh, the uh, uh, cargo at the moment being taking forever to get anywhere. We, I think we popped him in boxes about three and a half weeks.
2: Yeah, we, we, we allowed. Chance, yeah. yeah, we we've been very fortunate over the years. Um, oh, I think I think since about two thousand and ten to have. Neil etiquette help us with our Absolutely. transport. And um, Neil used to work for model engines and, and they assisted me and then Neil's continued on after that and um, has been a great support as far as getting our models to world champs. So the trans- transport part of it for me now is a case of handballing it to Neil and saying this is the address to pick it up from and when they're coming home, this is where you collect them from and um, and uh up until this year, we've been pretty fortunate that they've got, got there and back again in one piece. <laughs> Not
3: really. Well, well yeah. Okay.
0: So um, both of you, you need to remove landing gear, engines, that kind of thing, don't you? Um, oh, you, you need to. There's certainly a process of um,
2: removing batteries if they're a specific type and taping ends and cleaning out fuel tanks and carbies And there, there is a process for cleaning um you don't necessarily have to take your engine out um on my model i do on mel's model we didn't um i sort of look at my model how it's constructed and just think if the box was dropped from a height, the inertia would cause damage on mel's model and the way it was packed it was slightly different i didn't think it could be damaged so um it's it's more about it being cleaned properly than it is about taking models out our boaters out sorry okay
0: yeah now the word damage has come up (laughs) and when i saw the photos of the planes when they arrived um i felt damaged so tell us about (laughs) you've now arrived you've you've flown over there and you've Go to get your planes and you open those boxes and what are you greeted with? Well,
1: Dave I was greeted with a huge waft of hot air. Yep. Out of my model. Um I mean geez, Dev, that is not normal. But I'll let Dave describe how um he felt. Well <laughs>
2: well, um <laughs> geez. Um like yeah. Our boxes have been collected by some friends we have in Norway for us and, and stored away for about an, a week before we got there. They actually arrived a bit quicker than we thought. Um so we finally got them and um, lifted the lid and initially everything looked okay. And my my model has a, a fuselage bag around it. And as I unvalcrowed the top of the fuselage bag, straight away I saw my canopy. Um and, and it was it was just destroyed and you i think everybody now has probably seen the photos um and, and it wasn't just the canopy um and anybody would know how hot it would have to get in that box to melt the canopy but it had it had um distorted my fiberglass cowling slightly it had um changed the color of the paint slightly um mel's model it had pulled the covering her painted discolored um no whitehead's model it had damaged his canopy not as bad as mine but it was still damaged it had damaged some of his fiberglass uh, and on greg lep's model at first he thought it was all right but then there was a few areas where it looked like the covering had pulled on his as well um i think mine we discovered mine first and then I think the others went looking for what might be wrong with theirs. Yes. But when I, when I saw mine, I just walked. Right. Um, <laughs>
1: I think, I, I, I think his words were, I'm not even going to get this out the box because my world champs is now over.
2: Mm. Yeah. And, and that was probably it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say I went to this world champs to win, but I didn't go there not to be at my best to try and place. And that means every half a point makes a difference. Um, And when I saw that, usually when I come across a problem at a world champs, my brain's going a million miles an hour with a hundred ideas of how I can fix it. That would have been the one thing I knew instantly I couldn't fix. Um, and um, I was gutted. So I, I went for a walk and um, bumped into a couple of people and they basically said, what are you doing here? Because they all expected I'd be in putting a model together. And uh, not long later, the, the um, contest director, who's um, Paul Anthonyson, is just the best person you could ever meet, um, he came in and said, look, um, don't worry about it i'll talk to the jury and i didn't know what he meant at first and you know mel said to me you know when do you ever give up so i got it out the box started putting it together um and then they came to me and said that the jury were looking at the rules and they believed that within the rules um anything that happened in transport uh would be um would be covered Uh, a bit like if you damaged your model in in one of your in your first round before the competition had started or or sorry before you were static and they felt that the static judges could overlook the damage probably more so because it was a well-known aeroplane it had been judged a hundred times before and there wasn't any issues with the canopy um and the damage that was there was not going to benefit me in the flying so they'd need to consider i would expect whether i would have an advantage in flying if something had changed on the canopy and that was certainly not the case um i think the hardest thing for me was every time i looked at it i saw it and um every time someone wanted to take a photo you just think you know it was like it was like having a photo taken with a huge zit on the end of your nose. It just,
3: <laughs> just
2: felt like shit. Yeah. It
0: really did. I can imagine. Um, but any- I was sitting anyway. there and I just I know what you like and I was they there going, hey, you're not going to be happy looking at that model, especially if you nah. spent so much effort to get there and put it. But what went wrong, do you think? Where did all this heat get into these things? I know there was a bit of a heat wave going on, but... Yeah, there's there's no doubt that the model boxes were um,
2: offloaded at Doha Airport, which is the Middle East. Um, because of the Ukraine war, the path into Europe has changed. So instead of going through the Asian com- countries, they're going through the Middle East. And we believe it's been sitting out on the tarmac waiting to be reloaded onto an aeroplane. And, uh, and uh, we went to Dubai on the way home, so we know how hot it is there. And I've got no doubt that it would have done it black boxes too um heat's something we've never contemplated in our model transport before uh doing it again probably paint the boxes white put some vents in them um and they might be okay but uh yeah i look i'm i'm a great believer of not getting hung up on what's happened in the past so i was initially shocked but i dusted myself off and put it behind me and um
3: i wouldn't say shocked (laughs) <laughs>
0: got on with the job. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, so you got on with the job, you assembled your models. Um, tell us a bit about the flying field, where the location, you know, what the location was like.
1: It was phenomenal. But like yeah. just they have the full-size airport and then they've got the Model Air um, Aero Club on the other side. So they've got uh, two different runways, so obviously the Model Air Club um has got a specific area they can fly in but they've got a brand new um tarmac and this most amazing lush green grass that yeah. was like walking on clouds it was <laughs> soft um yep. and when we I've, I've i've never flown off tarmac before and uh and they even put in on the where we were flying for the contest was on the full size runway. And they even put in a grass runway on the opposite side um of, of the tarmac. And I went, well, everyone else is gonna fly off the tarmac. I'm not gonna fly off the grass. I'm gonna fly off the tarmac too. Um but it was it was smooth, it wasn't grippy that I've seen um being a caller for Dave. Um sometimes the 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 bitumen gets very grippy. Um on the tires and it can do some awful things to your models landing and taking off. But um it was it was great. Um yeah. we had hammock we had like uh, the sun rose at four thirty in the morning I think I was still practicing at nine forty um at night on the on the model Aero Clubs runway. Yeah. yeah so it was just phenomenal. Yeah.
2: The only problem um was about 8am between 8 to maybe 10 10:30 the sun was right in your face um mm. and it didn't matter so much if it was a bit overcast but poor old Noel Whitehead um he got caught out with the sun being right in his face on one of his ra- his second round I think first thing in the morning and um it it's not pleasant when you've got the sun in your face mm-hmm. but other than that the the location was was excellent
0: and they had um big marquees for your models didn't they
2: um they had they had different marquees like they had a marquee out near the um the runway where you could put your models if you needed to um where the um models were kept um during their world championships was in an aircraft hangar that had been cleared out
1: yeah the um, yeah. the the big <laughs> chef, um marquee was used for static and then also our oh that's right night. yeah yeah, yeah. Our nation's night and um,
2: the
0: closing
3: ceremony.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so that sounds like a pretty good setup. How many How many competitors in total do you think? About
1: 76.
0: Yeah, oh, I think that's about right. Yeah. Mm. So what did a normal day look like then for you? You know, what time to get up, get out to the field, get back home, that kind of thing?
2: Um, we, we'd try and make sure we were in the um, breakfast hall at 7 o'clock. Um, if you had someone flying at 8 o'clock, you'd usually need to – um be leaving the motel at seven or just before but we only had that happen i think once Lawrence, yeah. yeah so we'd have our breakfast at seven we'd be heading out there by 7 30 um had to get the cars out of where they'll kept so you didn't get a parking fine um <laughs> and then um i would say from the day we assembled our models at least mel and myself spent all day every day at the field until the competition ended. um
1: And it, it wasn't just necessarily benefiting us, it was also to support your other teammates as well and just watch your competition. Yeah. um And, but being able to see what they're doing and ha- how the Europeans fly is a lot different to how we fly in Australia. And every world champs it changes. Some world champs it's big and large and round, and the next world champs it's smaller and closer. So, Um, it was just good to watch to see what they were doing so you could um, manipulate your um, routine to mimic what they were doing over there. Yeah,
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. You need to – it's no good going head-to-head with the judges and arguing. You need to read the scene, get on top of what's going on really quickly and then um, change your flying a bit to suit what they're wanting to see.
1: Uh, yeah, and man. and and I did that as well. The um, yep. my first flight, I fluffed up the um, the inverted flight, I ended up giggling on the flight line. So <laughs> I um, can
0: imagine but... you doing that.
1: <laughs> 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 Whoops! I didn't completely roll inverted and push down, and it looked like a bit of a knife edged inverted flight. But what, what else can you do? I'll last? give you extra it's points for time.
0: that.
1: <laughs> 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 but I was I, I was doing a passing between flights, and then it was recommended to me to start turning it into a show, um, do a manoeuvre per pass and change the manoeuvres around so it, rec- it replicates the full size. I mean, that's what we do in scale, don't we? Yeah. So Dave and I um, sat down and we worked out um, a bit like an F3A aerobatic comp where you've got a, a manoeuvre per pass. and... Um, and and we did, and it bumped me up into eighth position at the in the, at the end of the second round. So yeah, you have to listen to and take on the 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 good, the bad, and the ugly of a world champs. And if you don't, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it paid off.
0: What's Absolutely. the what's the vibe at the field like? Is it is it like a friendly vibe or people are seen as competitors?
1: That no, was yeah. Look yeah, there's it's definitely for in the F4C. Um, it's it's hard not to not like um Luthie. he is the gentleman of all gentlemen um <laughs> and he he he's absolutely lovely the, the team from switzerland you i mean all, all the teams it was a very relaxed and pulled back World champs. Yeah, it, um, it, it
2: was all extremely friendly. Everybody yeah. everybody gets together as friends, and um, you know, at, at the nation's night and then the opening and the closing ceremonies, you have a drink together, you have a meal. Um, in between, everyone's talking. Um, I'd say the game face is on when you stand at that runway, and then it comes off again just after you land. So, in between the other times, it is quite friendly.
0: Yeah. It looked yep. like it. It looked like a very sort of friendly kind yep. of atmosphere um, kind of thing. So, okay, that's good to confirm. Okay, let's talk about uh, some of the flying, right, and how you flew. And let's talk about the performances, right? So starting with you, Mel, it
1: mm-hmm. was your
0: first world champs. Yeah. Uh, how did the flights go? You mentioned a little bit about, you know, changing some of the sequences up, but in general, how did they go for you?
1: Better than what I thought, um, I had uh, Mark Levy from France come up to me afterwards and said, You've been reading the rules. You've been studying the manoeuvres. And I said, Well, why wouldn't you? (laughs) Um, You know, (laughs) it's not a world chance for any specific reason, but um, you've, it was, I never thought that. I, I just wanted to go over and give it a go and, and, and put um, females on the map um, and get a bit more exposure to women in in aeromodelling generally, no matter what, discipline they fly. Um And I, I actually surprised myself. I thought there was no way I was, by the end of the second round I was going to be in the top ten. I thought maybe around halfway towards the bottom, but um, never say never, I guess.
0: And why do you why do you think you were doing so well? What were you doing that was good?
1: Um I got <laughs> I got told to listen to my husband, um, which was very hard. That's hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I I guess from a static point of view, when you've got Dave over your shoulder saying, oh, I wouldn't have done it that way, that doesn't look good. You're gonna have to do it again. Um and the researching and talking to different people and um, getting um, really decent feedback about your flights also was, was a help. But training in the wind, getting to local competitions, um, keeping the scale in Victoria um, uh, up and going and keeping it going, is is probably one of the best things. Victoria is the only state that is still currently running scale comps, as far as I'm aware.
2: F four um, comps.
1: Yeah, F four comps. Yeah. Um In in line with what we do at the worlds, but it's it's getting out there in the days you don't want to go, um, and and ha- having Dave as yeah your partner out there in in air modelling and in life to give you a kick in the bum is just what you need.
2: Yeah. I'll remember that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> know. Oh, yeah. oh, but, but but not also having the ego that can sometimes go with it as well, and and being open to constructive criticism, and being um, what did I say in the post? Being humble enough to accept that sometimes you're not necessarily right. Yeah.
2: Look, I, I think Mel understates herself. She she's done exceptionally well, um, but she listens and. Uh, i'll admit um because we had a short time frame i'd been really tough on her about when we're practicing and what we're doing and i know there were days she didn't want to come out and i i know there was putrid weather i made her fly in and sometimes i did it with my fingers in my mouth chewing my nails but she pulled it off and um you know some of the comps we went to here um But, you know, in particular, the last comp we had, which was Queen's birthday weekend in Shepparton, the weather was pretty horrible. And I didn't, I'm not going to say I made her fly, but I suggested it would probably do her good if she did. Um, And she pulled it off. And and I think when the pressure's on, she can pull it off. And it's more confidence building now. And she knows now that she can pull it off, I hope. Um, What a lot of people don't probably get is, the anxiety and the nerves when you're at that level of competition and you feel you've got the world watching you and the pressure to do well that's probably the limiting factor on on most that compete. Um, if they're calm and relaxed and could just look at it as your know, everyday Sunday um, they'd probably do a lot better.
1: Yeah. but it's 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 intimidating like uh, Noel Finlay said to me you wait till you're standing in ready box number one. And you won't breathe. And he was a hundred percent correct. <laughs> it's I can not imagine until it. yeah. it's, it's it's not until that you've landed that airplane and you look back at the five judges and they've got either blank face or they've got a game face. They don't give anything away. Yep. Um, they just like, yep, yep okay, All right, thanks, judges, and you and you walk off and you can't read them, but yep. you, you can breathe at least. So yes,
0: oh, I could just imagine it. I'm getting nervous just thinking about it because. <laughs> I think that nerves is is it happens in a lot of sports where you have to perform. You've got one crack at it, really, to try to put it all on the line and make sure you perform. And the the the, the hard thing with error modeling is it's it's a physical thing where if you're nervous or whatever, it's going to come through the sticks kind of thing. It's not going to help you. Oh, it does. Yeah. So yeah, but yep. trying to stay calm. Yeah. You know. Well, it's, they say it in a sport:
2: one. a fast muscle is a loose muscle, and it's similar in in flying the moment you tense up you see it in your flying people see it in your flying so trying to keep that level of calm and and finding your happy space when you're flying in 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 a competition round is um it's very important
0: that's true easy said than done i reckon but but 100% correct and i and i do like you know that you know mel you got out there in bad weather and stuff like that because you know I think sometimes we can fall into the trap of just doing the same old, same old saying, oh, we're not going to go to the field because it's blowing, you know, 10 knots of breeze and, you know, my limit's seven knots and, and that kind of thing. I talked about this actually in last week's podcast with my friend Paul Marlin, who, yeah. um, yep. who um, would force me to go out in the wind and fly with my tiny little plane. And then you yep. do it and you go, actually, that wasn't too bad. You know, it was a bit bumpy, but I uh, you know, got it back on the deck okay and it wasn't too, too bad. So that's um, you know, I think you know what, and pushing each other along is not such a bad thing. I sometimes I think some people think that's a negative thing, and um, no. but you know, my family, it's winter and we go skiing, and I've been skiing for a long time, so I'm pretty pretty good skier, and and the family's you know hasn't done as much skiing as me, and I always say to them, well, you've got to challenge yourself to improve. If you stay on this beginner yep. run, you're going to get really good at skiing a beginner run. But if you want to get better, you actually need to challenge your body because it will adapt, and you'll adapt your technique and whatever. And uh, so yeah, I'm still absolutely. They keep on saying, "Well, you want us to be Olympic athletes." I go, "No, no, no, no. I just know that there's more options for you if you get out of yeah. this." And it's the same with flying. If you yeah. just fly on calm days, well, you've actually cut out half the year or more of you know, I mean, flying.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've been to a lot of world champs, and um, I can guarantee you, in every single one, there would have been at least one at least one round where the wind was terrible or the weather conditions were terrible. And um, that's what you need to practice for. You don't need to practice for the good days. You need to practice for the bad ones.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me about um, how you went, um, David. How did your flying go? It was all right. What do you mean? Oh, listen to him. <laughs> what do you it mean, All right. right? Like, well, look, you can be honest with us. You, you flew well. We're going to get to what you came, but tell us, you know, how did your performance go, the nerves, you know, any um, challenges, all that kind of stuff?
2: Oh, look, um, the, 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 the challenges start the week you get back from your previous world champs, you know. It does for me. You, um, you're planning what you're going to do with the next one, going through in your head where you, how you can improve and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, the uh, I'll admit, um, I I was probably it, it was a funny feeling this World Champs. I was really going, I was I was going for Mel, uh, and I was I wanted to be there for Noel Whitehead, being it was probably going to be his last one, mm-hmm. and I think that was a a distraction for me. But I think at the end of the day, it was a good distraction because I'm really content. You know putting it aside this year i'm very content with what i've achieved in aeromodelling and in scale and um i i i didn't have that um i, I don't, didn't feel driven to do well and i didn't feel pressured that if i didn't you know what everyone would think i just went there to compete i I'll probably always be competitive. So, I, the, fir- <laughs> the first round came around, and um, I was probably more nervous than I think I've, I've been for a long time um, at, at a at world champs, and, and that might be because we haven't done one for four years. Um, but after the first round, <clears throat> I didn't. The nerves went away. I just for the second and the third round. I was just keen to get out there and try and do better than I'd done in the previous round. Um, and, you know, what probably also helped was at, at the end of round one um, with the flight score and the static score, I was in first place. So that that's a good feeling. That's a really good feeling. You know you're doing something right. Um, and I, I thought, all right, what I'm doing is working. I didn't change my routine. I didn't change my style um i went out for the second round um i'll admit i I probably thought i should have i'm not going to say i thought i should have done better i wanted to do better in the second round than i probably did I, i did better than my first and my goal is always to do a bit better each round um and then my third round by then i I got a good read of the the location and what the weather was doing and, and all the rest of it. And, and I felt good about my, my last round. Um, I knew that the wind was going to come up and I thought I had a bit of an advantage with that because I had flown a lot in, in the wind and in crosswind. Um, and, you know, the every time I do a flight, I always see everything that I think is wrong with it and you land with that knowledge. Um, when I landed, I probably felt like there were there were little things, but there weren't any really big things, and I was pretty happy with that. Um. Of, I don't think I've ever won a round in F4C at a world champs before, and um, one of the organisers came. So we landed the the last pilot flew. This was after the third round. Um, and um, one of the organizers came uh, over to me and said, Unofficially, you've won the round. Well, that spun me out because one, I'd never done it before, and two, I knew that that was going to make the first and second place very, very close. So it was, it was, it was a really good feeling. It was just a, a great feeling.
0: How many rounds do you have to fly? Uh, three in total for the whole event. Yep. yep. Just, just three. Uh, out yep. Of, but over how, how many days? Uh,
2: a seven. week. Yeah, mm. seven days. Yeah. So you
0: only do three flights in seven days? Yep. yep. So people that must be have the opportunity of having, you know, different weather conditions then.
2: Correct. Yeah, but what they what they were doing and what they try to do is make sure around finishes in the same conditions. So once it's started, um, even if they have to go late on a particular day, they will do that to try and keep it fair in that respect. Okay. Plus, our, our scores are also normalised, which is supposed to help if someone... What it will do is take away someone getting a humongous score on a perfect flying day versus someone who has to fly in, in a bad day and it, it doesn't make the separation in points all that far apart. Mm,
0: okay, gee. So that's, that's not many flights in, in, over... so many days and do you get to practice in between as well or no you get to practice before the event starts and then practice is over oh geez, i couldn't i'd fall apart because that means you just you gotta (laughs) i'd be like i just need about three flights to just get the fingers dialed in
2: right it's it's two years of work dedication and a whole heap of luck for three rounds to go right and that's what Mm. i think makes it makes so much um put you under so much pressure (laughs) and uh,
1: Also, I think there was a bit of discussion around um, uh, a couple of teams that they weren't going to fly in the first round and that they should pull the pin because of the wind. And I said, hang on a sec.
0: Australia
1: didn't come nearly 17,000 kilometres to fly two rounds. We're going to fly three rounds. So it was then up to those pilots whether they did or didn't fly and a couple of countries didn't fly in in H-class. Yeah. Um, a couple of, the, I said, well, I'm, I'm definitely flying. I'm getting out there. Greg said, yep, I'm getting out there and I'm flying. Yep. Um. And a couple of the other pilots went, mm, no. And Can you drop
0: around or? Yep. You,
1: yeah. You, you, you do drop around, but then the round you drop if you do, if you don't fly, you've only got your last two rounds to count on. Mm, yeah.
2: Right. So, so in the final score, it's it's based on two rounds. So two rounds count. One round get your, your lowest scoring round gets dropped.
0: Mm. Okay, so okay, so after the s- first round, you're winning, David. Second yep. round, what happened? What were we coming up the second round?
2: I think after second round, I dropped back to second place. Um, and and when I'm talking placings, I'm talking um with the static scores added. So at the end of your first round, it's a bit of a skewed score because they actually what they post on the board is your static score, and then half a score because the other half doesn't come into play until you've completed your second round but at the end of the day at the end of the second round i was sitting in second place and and i must say i knew i knew at the end of that second round um that it it, it didn't look like anybody else in the competition could take that away from me. So it came down. I knew I had a battle between myself and the current world champion for first place.
0: Okay, so then you get to the third round.
2: And then you get to the third <laughs> round. And, and,
0: you know, were you still in for running to get into first place? Um, obviously, I wasn't because
2: I, I got 1,000 points, which is the highest score you can get in the third round, and it wasn't quite enough. So um, I think at the end of the day, um based on the normalized scores he beat me by 10 points (laughs) 10 points out of uh, whatever it is um out of a few thousand points um so it it was it was really close but a few people have said oh you must be so disappointed and, and it's it's the complete opposite i'm i'm not disappointed the last time um i got on the podium um as a as an individual was 2014, like I came third. So um, my life had a bit of a turnaround in between then, and it's it's good to get back to where I was back in 2014 and um, know that the old guy that's that's you know nearly 10 years older can still do it. And um, and I think doing it, I, I feel like I'm doing it better, and I'm I'm glad that all the work I've put in this is paying off.
0: Well, a big congratulations because, you know, there's so much pressure on you. There's so much effort that goes into, into going to a scale competition more than I think any other form of error modeling championship kind of thing. And, to get second place. I know that we were, we were writing those Facebook posts like, you know, oh, yeah. David's, <laughs> David's second place and he might be able to get the first one and all this. And we were sitting there looking at them going, oh, come on, you can do it. And, you know, and everybody I know that, that knows you down here was gunning for you. So, um, uh, unbelievable effort. Uh, oh, look,
2: I think it. you've,
0: everybody's got
2: to have someone that they, they, um, they look up to in modeling and, and they get their advice from. And, For me it's it's cliff mciver and i always have a little cliff mciver sitting on my shoulders whispering advice in my head when i'm when i'm away and um and i've got to admit you know the man rang me probably four times during the event and um i love him to death but he he for me is the encyclopedia of era modeling um even now if there's something i'm not sure about um i can ring him and his knowledge is phenomenal when it comes to trimming airplanes and knowing what to do. And, um, and he, he keeps me grounded. You know, he, he was ringing me while I was away and he was, um, he was just giving me little bits of advice and do this and do that. And don't let this bother you. And you just focus on this Mm. and that. And, you know, um, as much as I do my own thing, I acknowledge so much of what he says and, and it makes a difference. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd suggest that anybody in in error modeling that wants to be competitive and wants to be successful, um, attach yourself to someone who is and um and and listen. Be prepared to be wrong and be prepared to make mistakes and fall down, but um have the guts to get back up and keep going.
0: Well, it, it's interesting to say that that there's certain people that I know through error modeling that I would trust their word. Yeah. Um. Cliff is one of them. Um, David yes. Law. If if David Law says something to me, I'm going to sit there. and Who am <laughs> I to go into? And that's not it's, well, it, it's, well. Well, um... it, when it comes to modelling, Mel. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. What what I mean by that is you can tell by the way that you carry yourself, the way that you fly, the model presentation, etc., that here is a and you know the fact that you've been to so many world champs and you performed at a high level. Who am I, little old Andrew, to, to question David Law? Um, and and so I know that if if I ask you a question, you're going to give me advice, and I'm going to listen to that. Paul Marlin's a bit like that to me because he's such a methodical yep. operator that if yep. he tells me this is good, it's very very hard for me to doubt that. Another one, another guy up in New South Wales, Tim McDonald, that he's doing you know fly some aerobatics and stuff. He's been on the podcast. Another kind of guy that you you'd listen yep. to what he says because these are smart guys that really really make poor decisions. And, you know, Cliff Cliff rang me up to give me uh, some advice about why my jet crashed and what I should have done. And I said to him, Cliff, (laughs) do you know now I'm going to have you ringing my ears? I said, I really value your opinion, but you're going to be ringing my ears now. Every single time I get into a spin, I'm going to be thinking, Cliff said, let go of everything. I'm just going to let go of everything. But I said, Cliff. Yeah. Though I did dispute one thing. I said, Cliff. Even if I let go, I still would have drilled it into the ground because it wasn't enough height. And I thought, it was a, <laughs> and I thought it was a radio glitch anyway. But um, but yeah, definitely right. I think that there's so many people there, and you know, we're a member of a big club, and there's lots of experienced people there. And yeah, you know, listen to these people because they've done it before. There's nothing beats experience.
2: I think you've got to you've got to demonstrate what you do by doing it, not by talking about it and telling people you can do it um i prefer to stay if someone asks me for help i always want to help everyone as much as i can i, I love aeromodelling modeling and i love promoting it but um i don't I, i'm probably a bit of a quiet person i like being in my shed i like building my planes i like staying quiet Um, happy to help but i don't like to spruik that i know everything because i don't think i do um i just know that what I do works for me, and, and I, if someone wants to share that or, or wants me to share that with them, I will, and I, I hope it would work for them too.
0: You know, always know there's going to be somebody that's going to dispute everything that you might oh, yeah. say.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, and I and I think the other thing I want to say is I, I don't want what I've done this year to overshadow what the Australian scale team has done since 2014 because that, in, in one way or another... Australia's been on the podium in scale since 2014. So, um, you know, th- this year's been great and, and I think it should be more about um, what our team's achieved over that journey. What Mel's done is just – is is mind-blowing and I think it's
1: fabulous. Um, well, well and- I want to
0: hear Mel's story because it is <laughs> – like when you think about it, Mel, when, when did you get back into flying? 2019.
1: Yeah, back then I, I think – um, yeah, I was just uh, having a go on bits and pieces and jumped back on a buddy box. And I think I butted up with Greg and I butted up with Dave. And then, um, Chris came out and said, I want to coach you. And I went, oh, okay, well, all right, all these people are, are willing to come out and, and help. Yeah. So, um, and then many bent undercarriages and undercarriages that ripped out and embarrassing moments and,
0: um,
1: <laughs> And all those embarrassing – I mean, I even had an embarrassing moment at the World Champs, but we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> minor detail. Minor detail. Minor detail. The plane still flew, so. Um, um, but uh, you've – yeah, you've just – and, yeah, you've just got to park your ego in your back pocket and and enjoy it for what it is. I mean, I, I love going down the field. You? You, you turn off. You turn off from everything else that's happening. Um, and I was quite humbled when i was over there with yeah there was a young lady who came bolting up to me she said oh would my photo taken with you um and i said oh okay yeah <laughs> no worries and her father said she's actually got me into air modeling she's got some learning difficulties and she's on the spectrum um but air modeling is the one thing that she is completely um obsessed engrossed in, in, in yeah and obsessed yeah um, and she's now got her dad involved and she's 12 years old.
3: Oh, it was, um,
1: yeah, it was just, it was really, really great. I wish there was more women. Um, I'd, yeah, look.
0: Well, I'm looking at the results here. Yeah. 12th place, am I correct? Yeah. Field of how many?
1: 36.
0: Look at that. Better than halfway. Better than a mid-pack runner. <laughs> yes. That's what I say. <laughs> Yeah, I'm always I'm always in the mid pack, but um, you've almost cracked the top ten at your first World Champs. That is just absolutely phenomenal, Greg Lepp in sixteen. Yep, yep. absolutely. Um, and Greg, great pilot as well. Yeah, I do like no. to rib him a fair bit at the field though nowadays. <laughs> um, you know, did he? You know, did he? Didn't fall over and break anything? No. No, I, no, I've got to say both Greg and Mel flew
2: in some pretty pretty average weather, um, and both of them they they each in their third round, which really counts, had had a little oops moment. Um, so <laughs> M- Mel, Mel got a bit of a bounce up on landing, and um, I
1: just and, wanted to remind him that we have kangaroos in Australia. That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was your second or third landing like? I think it was only three, oh, but it was a bit yeah. of a, yeah. Oh, the,
1: the, the second flight landing, I I really have to have a discussion with my caller.
0: <laughs> Bye, oh, Dave. Are you blaming people? Who? Uh, well, well,
2: I, I got it a, I'm. A, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I had so much going in in my head, but I looked at the windsock and told her the wrong wind direction, and she landed downwind. But uh, mm. it, it was a bloody good landing, so that one didn't matter. It was just the, <laughs> the last flight that bounced a bit.
0: <laughs> Seriously, here's the man that just came second in the Sky World champs couldn't read the windsock. probably. actually, do you know what? I, I second guess myself sometimes. Go wait a second, which way is it blowing again? I, I hadn't had I a good I day that day <laughs> in my defence, and I was under a
2: lot of pressure.
1: <laughs> I even said, "Are you sure I'm landing the right yes, way?" Yes,
2: oh. she did. And I went, okay. "Yep, I'm sure. Don't question me." But I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, there you
1: go.
0: Well, it
1: wasn't too much of a strong but yeah, look, um, yeah, it, yeah, I'm I'm pretty chuffed actually.
0: Mm. Oh, look, I I would be as well like to, to finish 12th in your first world champs I'll tell you what you'll be back now I can tell you're addicted to this oh she's
2: already got a new model planned oh, and, oh, yeah you, sure, you can't sure. talk
0: you can't talk because yeah, can't you know I saw yeah. this photo on Facebook and David's arrived back back in Australia <laughs> and he's got plans in front of him'm I'm, 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 I'm zooming in on the photo to try to work out what it is <laughs> yeah but I don't I'm not I'm not telling
2: anyone what it is
0: until I've look I've made
2: myself a four-year plan, um, and um, I've I've got a, a few versions of what that looks like. And when I'm certain and I'm confident that um, the decision I've made is the right one, then I'll tell everyone what it is. But if I if I if I tell everyone what it is now, um, everybody will be talking to me about a model I might not be building. So I'm just oh, okay. just gathering information.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. But you must love yeah. that process, though
2: yeah I do. It's um, it can be frustrating because you can you can get a certain way down the path and think you're really onto something and then there's a stumbling block. Um, you know I, I have one criteria which is I have to be able to get to the full size, see it, touch it, measure it because too many times I've found even if you've got the plans that the manufacturer builds the aircraft off, Every plane can be that little bit unique and have slight variances. So yeah. Anyway, yes.
0: Well, and and okay. So David finishes second. Melissa finishes twelfth. Greg in sixteenth. Uh, how about Noel? How did Noel go? I'm trying to look here if I can see the final the I, think, I Think
2: think think Noel, Noel. was a, about seventeenth. That could be about right. No. Noel I mean, had he, Noel yep, had a yep. real issue in his. Second round with the sun in his eyes, yeah. um, and it it almost like it it almost made the round unflyable for him, which was was really tough. Um, so uh,
1: and it absolutely rattled him.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it it, was, it, it, it was, yeah,
1: it was it was it was heartbreaking watching and when he it he, he, he basically lost the airplane and um and Dave had to rescue it. But um, it was just heartbreaking because we all knew it was his last one, and we just wanted him with with all the best intentions to do just just go out on on such a high from these last words. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he was just—you could just see—he was just gutted.
0: So he yeah. dropped that Absolutely. last round, I think. But he uh, dropped
2: so. his second, second round.
0: round. Second round. But okay. Yeah. But i'll give it to him and
2: he, he, he came back and, and flew his third and and everything went okay um yeah. but you know you you need to look at his total journey not just um one day and um mm. he's he's been to more world championships than me um you know he can be a, a bit of a a grumpy old bugger, but he's he, he's he's always he he's
0: put in. You know, he's he's put in. So yeah, he's a, yeah. a bit of a legend in the scene, really, when you think yeah. about it. And you know, as I said, making that effort to go to Scar World Champs is just absolutely phenomenal. So, well done to the whole team, including Greg and um. Noel and you had Joel Finichiara over there as well. What was yeah, he doing? Yeah, Joe, Joe was
2: the Joe was our friend for the first few days and then jumped into jumped across the enemy lines and um was sitting in a judge's seat. And, oh no, um, I
0: don't like him then.
2: Oh man, he I I could tell he was
0: tough.
2: He was tough. I could tell by the look on his face, he loved he loved every bit of it. Yeah. <laughs> he gave us he gave us nothing. And and when I say gave us nothing, like the – um, they they can't coach you anyway, but you you'd look at his face to try and get a bit of a read on how he saw your flight. No. Nah, just had no. that ma- mafia look looking back at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> there was nothing. Uh,
1: yeah. And, and you were too scared to ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so um I am gonna the final question I'm gonna ask you, I'm not asking you this question now, is gonna be what was your favorite model besides your own at the event? So Hold that up your sleeve, but I want to talk yep. a bit about some of the planes that were there. And when I look at the results and I have a look at the different models, it's a there's a vast variety of models, and they're not they're not common models that you know ARF like, yes. kit kind of stuff. So, you know, Mel, in your category, what were some of the some of the the planes that were sort of um, being flown?
1: Um, you had oh God, there was. Uh... There were some cubs there. You had the, the Switzerland.
0: Um, uh, yeah. This is going to be good. You're going to ask her to name the model. She was looking at <laughs> I can't wait to listen to this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got it in front of me. I think I know which one you're talking about. Okay. Come on, Mel. There was, this,
1: there was this biplane that looked really cool. Um, is that the Swiss one? other one. Yeah, yeah. Is it a Swiss flag on the tail? Is it and, a dual, um,
0: dual tone or something? What? No, no, that's a parasol. Oh, <laughs> uh, the KW they, c on, There was this
1: guy from France and he had this staunch. See? Go me. Yeah, right?
0: There you go. He
1: he had this staunch and this thing on the it was like give him a hundred percent kudos for trying to fly in the wind. It would stand. Oh. It was on the runway, and they were oh. holding it and then once you've let go of the model, you can't touch it again. Yeah, So, yeah. but this thing was being blown backwards.
0: Oh, gee. Down it was flying down. before the throttle went up. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. That and was like a comp. Awesome.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, ab- absolutely. I think that's probably my favourite from a flying point of view. Um, <laughs> but the um, the the juniors from Germany, they yeah. had it pegged, absolutely pegged. Um they had models that were um, a
2: tripacer.
1: High-wing. Yeah, a tripacer. Thank you. Um, and there was a Euro something. Euro Fox. Euro Fox. Yeah, yeah. I was halfway there. Give me a break. Um, <laughs> I've
0: got the and... I've got the results in front of me, so I'm just looking at the list. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, um, but yeah, look, look the, what the juniors did was was amazing, and um, they they had a peak. They had a trike undercarriage, high wing. Um easy to fly. It got battled around in the in the wind a bit, but um it got young Martin Erhard a second place. Um and the young guy um, Yeah, but Martin maybe. wasn't a junior. Oh, yeah, duh. The other kid <laughs> yeah. he got sixth.
2: There was sixth. um um Marcus Houseman's son and um, He was
1: in
0: FLC.
2: Yeah, and the other junior was um
0: uh, there's Marcus Houseman was in no, he was in, he,
2: he's in F4H. He was in F4H. His son was in F4C and um, oh, I can't think of
0: Ma- Ma- had Thomas, Thomas Helms had the he... was it from Germany. The Yak. I Actually, should, I, should, I should read no. some of the names out of the models that I can just see here yeah. in my bag. I'm going yes. to get closer to the computer, the old eyesight. Oh, wait a second. There's a Zoom button. Oh, I didn't realise that. A <laughs> um, Delotel DM165, El- Alexis... Le- Alexis Levy. 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 Yeah. 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 Alexis was from France. He, he won F4H. Never even heard of that plane. Yeah. yeah. The Piper yeah. PA-22, Martin Erhard, um, PA-22 yeah. Colt, which looks a bit cubbish, yeah. kind of. And then you had an Aero AE-145, jury brand. Now, what's, what's an Aero AE-145? Yeah, got me.
2: I need to be looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: see, uh, see, see, I'm see. Look, now you, I'm Googling. And you're
1: asking me what models will fly.
0: Oh that's but, an amazing model. Yeah. The, the twin engine. They oh
2: that's the um from the Czech Republic. Oh,
0: sorry, 145 ae
2: Sorry. Yeah, that's from yeah. the C- Czech, Republic. Czech Republic. And that's
0: electric that one? Really? Yeah.
2: yeah. The, there there was a huge variety of aircraft um and they are you know they they're all world championships caliber of their airplanes so you they're all good they're all exceptionally good um yeah. i suppose the thing in scale is there's a difference between um an exceptional exceptional looking model that's really well be- built versus an accurate looking model and that's where the differences come in. Um, the accurate accurate models will will do better in static, um, just because you look at a room full of airplanes and you think that might be the best one there. You don't know because you don't know what the documentation shows.
0: Yeah. Okay. So in in your category in the F four C, um, what's the, the winner's name? An- Andreas Luthi, is it?
2: Andreas Luthi.
0: Yep. With a, a bucket Jungman.
2: Yep, That's so a, he had a, a
0: biplane, isn't
2: it? yeah he had
0: a new model this year he's he is uh
2: maybe nine time world champion oh, he's been no. world champion for years really? um he usually competes with uh, uh bucca um Antares um which was an exceptional model as well and um what I didn't know was he was turning up with a new aeroplane this time and um and and he's pulled it off again so it's i think it's uh it's i think it's basically a Bucky young one but the full-size aircraft has got a lycoming engine in it so it's got a modified cow and that's what he's replicated and and done a great job of doing it and it's it's big that's one thing we probably noticed this year that a lot of the models were so much bigger than what we've seen before Mm -hmm. but but they're right on the fifteen kilogram weight limit as well, so you know, yeah, you, there wasn't much room to move. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: there was a lot of sound of uh, Dremels going. Oh, really? <laughs> um, what trying to get yeah. weight down? Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 No, really. Yeah. Now, um, interesting to see some some turbines there as well, some jets. Yep. So, um, um, Mark Levy had his Fuga Magister there,
2: which is a turbine, and that's that's that aircraft has one the world championships i think back in 2014 um he's been competing with that for a long time um there was a another entry in f4c which was i think it was a an a Aramaki, i can't remember the number but it was an entry from san marino and
1: that thing was insane
2: yeah that it was insane but oh, he didn't it build he didn't build it um yeah. so his static score was pulled right down um and then there was also i think there was a mig-15 there and there was a uh another really- another aeromachy there from italian uh, from italy yeah. that um mm. has competed before so yeah there was there was and there's also Rito
1: Sens as well. oh sorry yeah the rito's vampire. vampire
2: was a very nice looking
0: model as well yeah, no, I tell you what. You look at that list of models there, and and what well, what's a sub sapphire? I've never seen that before. Supersteamers, yeah, Sonics. Yeah,
2: Sonics. Um, yeah. But you could walk around the hangar, and and just not know where you were in the scheme of things. And that's probably what makes it a good competition. You know, you you don't want it to be a script. You you want it to be a competition, and um, it was, it was good. It
1: was really good.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's some um, some really nice models there. Okay. Um, packing up and getting home. <laughs> it sounds like as the, as the event went on, the the damage that you that was inflicted on your plane sort of started to sort of fade away. Um, it did a little bit. Yeah. I saw the the videos and the photos and the the award ceremony in the night and it looks like, like, that was fun. (laughs) That was just absolutely (laughs) fun. Uh, And Mel, you got a special award as well. Tell us about your special award.
1: Um, I got a gold medal.
0: Um,
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But unfortunately, I mean, like, it's, it's, two years in the making to to get there, so um, they thought it was. And the same with the juniors, but the way the current rules um, are in, according to the FAI, that has to be a minimum of five, I think, Dave, is that right, for it to be a contest?
2: Yeah, I think Um, that's...
1: Yes. There's
2: a minimum number for it to be... Um, a, a contest, so yeah. what they did was they, they still handed out the gold medals to the juniors and the, the the female class, even though it didn't meet the minimum numbers required.
1: Yep, so there was no net anthem and there was no um, flag ceremony, but Dave made up for that, um, <laughs> getting get, getting the, the flag up, not necessarily getting to hear our anthem, but we heard <laughs> our anthem as we were walking in, so that's, that's just as good.
0: Yeah. yeah. no, that's that's look it, it, the journey has to start somewhere and 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 we all know that it is a male dominated hobby. Yes. And um mm. it doesn't need to be. Really. There's no reason why it needs to be. And it's people like you Mel that sort of you know pave the way and and we need you know I, I love that they gave you the medal cuz you deserve it. It, it yes. you know and I was just saying it but you made the effort to turn up, and that can inspire other people, and that's that's a sort of a benchmark. And and you know, it, it's like I used to say when you know IMAC events weren't that popular down here in Victoria. I used to say if you've got two people, run the event because if you don't yeah. run the event, then there is not an opportunity for people to participate. You know, exactly. Everyone would cancel an event because there's not not enough people. It's like no, no, just run it and have a fun with the yep. two or three of you. Yeah. Because at least yep. it's there, and so yeah. Um, no i was pretty chuffed to see to see that and um and i think the audience there was pretty appreciative as well of your efforts as well, and, and whether the minimum numbers were there or not
2: it doesn't take away from the fact that mel was out there practicing mel was in the shed building an airplane painting the airplane you know she paid her entry fee she bought her airline ticket she's paid her money to put her model in a box and have it freighted over she's done everything that everybody else in that competition did so she had to sit um, on the
0: flight line with her husband in her ear yeah, exactly. That's not. why she got the gold medal. What the other is that what do
1: yeah. you mean? Yeah.
0: yeah. No. Oh land land this way, you sure? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you sure I
1: think the wind's going the other way. No, no, you're good. Land down wind. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, <which laughs> but did it did it work out?
1: Yeah. Oh, see
0: so he's <laughs> claiming it. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Imagine what it would have been you. like into wind Mel even better oh no bunny
3: (laughs) hop yeah
2: sometimes the downwind landing is the answer because there's less lift and it sticks to the ground
0: and that's exactly (laughs) what happened well did did you lose any points for landing downwind or it doesn't no
2: No, she got a good score. Thank you very much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) See, Mel, he's turned it around. It's all David's fault. It's his fault that you got a good score and you got a good landing because he told you to land the wrong way. It was all planned. (laughs) It was all planned. He did some quick calculations in his head. Yeah, okay. So um, did you have a sore head after the uh, closing ceremony uh, event? No, we, we we had a sore head after the
1: nation's night. Yeah, the nation's night was a big. Oh, night. that was the, insane! It
0: was so much oh, fun. The, the music and the dancing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. the the yeah. Norwegians know how to throw a party. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never heard that. The Norwegians know how to throw a party. What, oh what, what time was it getting it dark? Because it looked like it was getting dark really late. Yeah. Yeah, and about ten thirty. Yeah.
2: Oh, gee. Yeah. So on Nations Night, each nation nation is supposed to bring along a sample of food and alcohol <laughs> from their country. Oh no, so, not necessarily
1: alcohol, but definitely food.
2: Oh, well, food, <laughs> but they bring the alcohol too. So you just get bombarded with all these different types of drinks, and and it really is fantastic. Um, what was your yeah. team's contribution to that? We we made some um, Vegemite on bread, and um, <laughs> oh, and that
0: that that was about the best we could do with the facilities we had. <laughs> <laughs> the Australian delicacy, the Vegemite sandwich.
1: Oh no no we, no no no! And, and, and there was little pineapple lollies and. Oh,
0: that's
1: snakes. right. Yeah. So
0: oh, snakes.
2: Yeah. That day. Um, so the nation's night was at the field and Mel and I actually didn't get back to the motel room because we were still at the field charging, getting ready for the next day. And we had the Vegemite with us. We shot down to a service station and bought some bread and went back and, and buttered the bread and put the Vegemite on in the hangar on the workbench <laughs> with the model.
3: I think it was on a model box. <laughs> yeah, it
2: was on a model box
0: and then chucked it on a plate
3: and
2: everyone loved the, it. There yeah. <laughs> you go. Yeah.
0: You can get away with that in Norway. <laughs> Imagine yeah. you did that here. Bring a plate. I brought some Vegemite sandwiches. Really? Yeah, exactly. Fairy bread would have been <laughs> well, okay. Yeah,
1: and, and everyone's bringing around shots in Germany oh, and gee, nah. barrels of stay
0: beer. Way, from- stay away from the Germans. Oh, <laughs>
1: was, that, that was okay. We can't complain. Um,
0: okay.
1: And then, like, it was just, yeah, and then all this food and cheese and Switzerland brought their cheese and, oh, my goodness. Chocolate. was... Oh yeah, and chocolate. Oh, oh yeah, it.
0: yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, now, but it I, was
1: just, you, you, it was just such a fun, fun night. Dave and I turned up um, as I just don't want um, as Norwegian Vikings. And
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, we'd previously been sent some Norwegian Viking beards and and wool. made hats out of wool. And the funny thing was when we rocked up in them, we did it for the Norwegians thinking it would be funny and they got it. But yeah. other countries were saying, is is that an Aboriginal Santa Claus? We, <laughs> oh, no, it's a, it's a Norwegian Viking.
0: Really? <laughs> they really don't know much about us down here, do they? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're a long way away. Yeah. Uh, just say, yeah, no, we're from Australia here, have a Vegemite sandwich, go for it. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Okay. Well, okay, packing up and getting home. Um you know, just doing the reverse of I suppose backing up when you did here, you know. Yeah. And how was that? Was it pretty easy to get it all done or not?
2: It's it's a weird feeling. Um you know, when you first get there, you've got the hype of the event and everything's being set up. Coming like when you land after your last flight, <clears throat> well, for me anyway. Straight away the fences are coming down, everything's getting packed up. So by the time we get back there the next day to put our models back in the boxes, <clears throat> the facility's being transformed back into an airport again and you pretty much end up being the only people left there. It's really <laughs> low, <Eerie>. empty <laughs> feeling. Uh, Mel, Mel can probably explain it because its I've done it before, but yeah, yeah. H- how did you feel?
1: it was like you, you you had this huge hype of dave uh, like the top 10 the 4c the penultimate of the world championships um, and then you get back and you've got air modelers just already taking their planes apart some some tables are already empty and you're like we haven't even got the results yet mm-hmm. and everyone's packing up and then we got back the next day and all the trestle tables were gone and it was just like, oh, except oh, ours. Except <laughs> ours. It, yep. You're like, oh, it'll be. Yep, lonely. it's over. and it, yep. it's, it's over, and there's no one here, and the whole place is quiet. Yes. There's no Wi-Fi anymore. It's just, yep. it's just
0: nothing. Yes, um, nothing. nothing. Yep, nothing. Okay, and then yep. so you pack the stuff up, you send them back sea freight, didn't you, back to Australia?
2: Um, we were going to. Um, one of the models has come back sea sea freight the others have come back air. we decided uh mel myself and greg decided to send ours back air. um they're actually supposed to be arriving back in australia tomorrow um i i was part of my future plan was i might need that model again and i'm keen to get it back and get it fixed um and have a think about where I'm going with it. So for me, it was more about getting hold of the aeroplane so I can start the next journey. Um, not sure what Greg's motivation is. Not sure what Mel's was, but um, yeah, it might be a similar thing.
0: Yeah. Now, then, you had a bit of a holiday, didn't you? After it. Yes. So where did you go?
2: You there, Mel? Yeah. Oh,
1: sorry. Oh, I'm. I'm <laughs> are you sure looking at I...
2: Facebook on your phone?
1: No, no, you no. You are, I'm aren't you, <laughs> I'm, I'm just wondering if you remembered. Um, <laughs> uh, is, this like a, is this a test? <laughs> we, we went down to Mandel, which was down the bottom of um, Norway, and we spent some, t- some time with the Norwegians um, in a beautiful little, what they call a cottage. I think it's about 18 bedrooms.
3: Um,
1: <laughs> and uh, we just put up our feet. The boys tried to water ski, which was entertaining in itself. Yeah. Um, and we ate and we laughed and we laughed and we sat up playing this dice game with the Norwegians. And it was just, it's, they are such a beautiful breed of humans. Um, so welcoming. Um, just, uh, nothing is, is, is too much trouble for them. And they, they really went out of their way to, to make the end of our world champs.
0: Um, journey um, really special yeah and then after yep. after Norway where'd you go <laughs> Dubai <laughs> a bit hot was it there actually I think I do recall <laughs> seeing a photo of you of Mel <laughs> and I've like i I looked at him. and went didn't even have to read a description I went geez it's a bit hot yep uh,
1: what, we'd done eight, a, eight a desert safari the, the the quad biking and yeah.
0: The, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah 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 Oh, yeah, that you looked hot. Like that was seriously hot.
1: <laughs> it was 49 degrees in an air conditioned car. Was it? Yeah. yeah. So it was
2: probably 50 plus outside. And uh, I must admit, there was a point <laughs> during that. that safari i was a little bit worried about her she said she wasn't feeling well and um we we'd stopped to do some sand surfing and, and the guide said they'll put her in the car so we did that and um uh, i'll give it to her uh, the other girls that sat in the car went back in the car but mel got back out and got on her bike and and finished it so that was that was good <laughs> but you saw what she looked like by the end yeah, she was a was, <laughs> yeah yeah that was
0: hot it was um, hot
1: it was yeah. insanely,
0: odd. i never felt anything like it. <laughs> it kept us entertained. It was good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> That's
0: the main thing. Like we were sitting back here working, slaving away in the middle of winter. It was nice and cold and we would live in the That's, the- That's what I love about Facebook. Social media, yep. you know, it gets a lot of bagging, but we could come along with that journey with you and share that experience as well. And some people sit and say, oh, it's showing off. It's not showing off. I wanted to see it. I wanted uh, every post. I was like, oh, where are they up to now? <clears throat> oh, David's going really well. Gee, he might take it out. Oh, Mel's creeping up. Where's Leppy going? How's Lippy going? What happened to Noel? You know? And so yep. it just, it just, it's, we enjoy it. Like it's, you know, and I'm glad yeah. that you did that. And, uh, and, you know, seeing Mel as red as a beetroot as well. That was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we, 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 we don't share what we do for. The egotistic side of aeromodelling. modelling—we do it because we're passionate about what we do, um, and we want to share the good and the bad and the ugly um, about the sport. And uh, you know, and and we, we 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 pop up on Facebook because we worked bloody hard to get where we were, and and it's it's it was our time to put our feet up and and let our hair down before we come back to cold, boring Melbourne and back to work.
0: Yeah, and look, I'm looking at a photo here that you posted on august the 7th on mel's facebook page and and you both got your medals around your neck and i'll tell you what there's (laughs) two happy people right there
2: yep and i must admit Andrew, i'm so glad you said what you just said about um enjoying the journey with us because i i'm i would be just as happy not to put it up if people didn't want to see it but you know I I got the feeling after the first post and, and I think Mel did too that there were followers, they were interested and, and they were keen to see how it was going. So we ramped it up, you know, like we, we didn't ramp it up to be show-offs. We ramped it up because there was an interest. Um, and if the I was people, thinking
1: my dad ringing me at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, and if the people that are interested – are watching it that's great the ones that aren't interested don't have to watch it and that's great too that's um, all that's it's, exactly
0: right yeah, and and yeah you know it's when i work in marketing and i always say to my customers you've got to give people a reason to come back and give them value right and my facebook feed is um error modeling primarily yep uh, yep surprise uh, yeah uh motorbikes because, um, you know, I follow a few different things. I've got a motorbike now, whatever. Um, you know, my hobbies, jet ski now, whatever. Um, yep. That's what I'm seeing, you know, the, up the mountains, Mount Buller and all that kind of thing. And if I don't see that content, I'm disappointed because that's the stuff that I want to see. And when it, and, and knowing you guys and how much effort you guys are put in there and seeing a bit behind the scenes and down the field and practicing and the effort that you go to, it's, as I said, you can go to a, a glider world champs, which is phenomenal. Anybody goes to world champs, I, I, you know, I I commend you and I think it's an amazing feat. Like representing your country in anything is just an amazing thing. But scale is just another level of complexity with them as you've realised. <laughs> you know, like I always say, I want to go to the world champs for discus launch gliding because I reckon that would yep. be great. <laughs> It'd be nice and easy because the, they, they're smaller, they don't weigh anything and it's just – it's just easier than yeah. a scale model and travelling from, you know. How, actually, how do you get to Norway? Do you fly? Where do you fly? Where were the stopovers?
1: We only uh, had the one via Dubai. Yeah.
0: Oh, did you? Yeah. Um, yeah. There wasn't
1: many. There was like you, you could go with a couple of different airlines, but it was at least two stopovers and a 36-hour flight, and there was no way in hell I was going to spend 36 hours on the airplane. So it was the most direct route. Yeah. Um, I think it was still about 25 hours. We had 20, 14 hours
2: 20. to Dubai and then about yeah. seven and a
0: half to um, Oslo and then we got a, hired a car and drove for two Another, hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's just making me tired thinking about that. You know, when I was younger, I was really good at travelling long distances. You know, I once travelled yeah. for 36 hours, something from Melbourne to the Hanover Fair in Germany and um and I was fine and, and my boss at the time saying, oh, I'm wrecked. And I'm going, really? And now I'm him. <laughs> yeah long yep, flight and I'm like yep. okay, I'm a bit tired now. I might need to have a nap. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, I, I SD ruggled for a good week after we got back.
0: Oh jet lag and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh and you know insane. what? I think almost coming down from the high as well. Um, yeah. And you didn't get COVID, did I, no, you didn't get COVID. No. No.
2: No. Oh. It's it's it is funny coming home. It's you feel a bit empty because when you left, you're on this on this journey and you had this mission and then you come home and it's a bit like, you know, and and the weather's crap so you can't even really go and have a good fly. It's
0: like, oh, what do we do now? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's a bit like a rock star. You know, I was almost a rock star. I just didn't have a talent. (laughs) Imagine you're up playing this show in front of thousands of people and then thank you, good night, and you walk off the stage and they put you in a a car, take you to the hotel and then you're sitting there in silence going, what just happened? Now what? Yep. that's why they play up. Yeah, that's why television's <laughs> out of rooms. Like, ah, oh. and, and a lot of people talk talk about that. It's just it's it's a really hard thing to get accustomed to. Um, yeah, and it's the same. And you know what? I notice it after a weekend away for a model flying event. Um, yep. And the Monday, everybody's bu- buzzing and everyone's putting photos yep. up and all this kind of stuff and going, "Oh, wasn't that good?" And oh, yeah, you know, it's it just. all and I, I've experienced that with car racing. It's like everybody would go to work yep. on the Monday and would never do any work because we we're all too by Going, wasn't that fun? I'm still, yep. I've still got this hangover from the um, Wangarata Jets event and how much fun that was. But we've got the Shepparton, <laughs> we've got the Shepparton <laughs> Mammoth coming up, so I'm I'm gonna go and attend that. Which is gonna be fun. You guys will be at Shepparton, won't you? Yep, for sure.
1: Yeah and 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 look, just just to add, I think the best thing about air modeling and doing any type of hobby, whether you are passionate or just a Sunday flyer, it's creating memories. Oh. and that and that is the most important thing that you can take with you. No photo is ever gonna it, photos come and go, but it's the memories that you have, and it might only be one or two small triggers that can always bring that memory back. And that's yes. what I found has been the
0: best thing that I've loved about air Motley. Well, yep. I've, Mel I always say it. I've got a saying. All we're doing is, is creating memories. That's all I say it to my yep. family all the time. You know, yep. it, it's just. And I'm I'm a bit like you guys. I'm into different experiences and trying different things and different activities. And 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 I, as I say to the kids, yep, yeah, we're going to go to the snow again. But you know what? We're going to make memories because that's what we've got. And I said, yep. Yeah, I think you know what this sounds really morbid. I think about my eulogy and what I want people to say about me. And you know what <laughs> I keep on saying? Oh, I tried a lot of stuff. Was never very very good at all of them because he kept on trying different things. And I see that as a badge of honour. And so I'm just creating those memories to fill that void between now and yeah. the eulogy, which hopefully yeah. is a long way away. <laughs> Touch wood. But um, yeah. no, nah, uh, yeah. Look, well done to both of you. Really. Um, in awe of what you've done, what you've achieved and, and the effort that you go to. And also Noel Whitehead and uh, Greg Lepp and also um, Joe Finnechiaro for making the effort to go around there. It's, you know, he's a team kind of effort. And Mel, I know you did more work than everybody else because you coordinate everything as well, don't you, behind the scenes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So well done to you, Mel. You're a legend in the era modelling sphere now. You've been to a world champs. You've performed well. Big question. Before we get to the final question, is do you think you're going to turn up to the next World Champ?
1: (laughs) Dave's keen because, like, he got second, right?
2: (laughs) He's asking you about you.
1: (laughs) Oh no, 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 no! Yeah, look, yeah, it it is what it is. But Dave's going. Oh yeah, nah, maybe. Yeah, he's going to go. It's it's Romania. Maybe we just hang off. We've done Romania. Maybe we just go to the UK in 2026, and then I reckon. When as as like two days home
0: and he's already researching a new model. Yes, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what? He's
1: yeah, talking. I reckon. Yes, I I think Romania will probably be on the cards. Oh, I think
0: you should go um, back to Mel. We want to see you back there. Well, oh, it's, look, it's never a given. We've got to qualify. Yes,
1: yeah. and <laughs> yeah. and it sounds like there's a lot of interest um, that's being sparked out of the last worlds, Whoa. and I think there's some um, some people that are going to give it a red hot crack. Um, at
0: the team child, because it sounds Gough. like there's going to be a lot of people there. Peter Goff mm. um, hinted that he m- might be looking at making a, yep. a chipmunk, a super chipmunk, at that moment. Yes. Yep. Ooh. See, Facebook's yep. good. Yeah. Right? I know what I, I know. Stuff thanks to Facebook. As I say to my, I, I say to my mum, I'm the most, I'm the most intelligent child you have because I have Google. I can find it <laughs> anything. Google is, is a godsend for me because I've got a very inquisitive mind, like we aerodelers do. I need to know something. What is that plane? Google it. Oh, there it is. I'm now informed. Exactly. Okay, now mm. final question. What has been your what was your favorite model at the event besides your own? Right? No. I'm gonna start with Mel first. What was your favorite model besides your own that was at the event? And I'm gonna take Dave's plane out of the equation as well, because that'd be cheating. Now you're going to make me talk model names. Um, David, help out if you need to. Describe it. I'll tell you what it is. It was big and it had wings and it had an engine at the front.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) It was was green. It was an electric model and it was all white and it had a sound card in it. You know what I'm talking about, Dave?
0: Um, Oh, it had a sound card to make the noise of the model.
2: Yeah. Yeah. um, When you say it was all white.
1: It was an, an all white high wing.
2: What category?
1: I think in, it was in C, I think.
2: C. Oh, the juniors. When no. the juniors.
1: No, no,
0: no. Mel, I if think you're going to go to the World Champs, you should at least learn some of the names of the models that you were competing against.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> well, if was she wasn't competing against It doesn't them. matter. She yeah. was there. <laughs> um, think- yeah. oh, wait a second. I'm trying to find the uh, – wait a second. Here's the F. No. Oh my
1: goodness! Anyway, there was this white model, and it was, and it was, really was electric, and it just sounded cool. Like um, the, the the sound card um, had throttle adjustment in it. Oh yeah, and it just sounded it, it sounded good, and it's a nice looking, clean model in the sky. So that was probably it. Wasn't
0: cool. an aerobatic model, was it? No, no z- it was
1: z- a passenger aircraft. Yeah,
2: mm, you got me
0: guessing. I've got no idea what you're talking about.
2: Gee.
1: Oh, Dave.
0: Now you've confused all of Come us. Come
1: on, airplane guru! Come on.
0: A sub <sighs> supporter, a stamp.
1: Wow. No, do you know which country? <laughs> no. <laughs> Look,
0: Are you just making this up? This is, no, no,
1: no. This is really no, bad podcasting,
0: Dave. ladies you and gentlemen. You talk Dave,
1: and I'm gonna, I'm gonna reset.
0: Okay, it. okay. Good idea. Thank you. We can resurrect this because um, okay. <laughs> we're sounding shit at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, what was your favorite <laughs> model besides your own or Mills? And Greg Leibs, and not Wild um,
2: uh, Look, th- honestly, there were a few there I liked. Um, <laughs>
3: you get through Greg my,
0: give me categories.
3: Um,
0: my favourite. Um, what was that silver model? Was it a Greek, a Greek oh, No, no, no. Oh, this I, is I, great. I, You're doing well. I...
2: I my my hard bit is choosing okay, there was there was a um a, a Grumman Bearcat from Germany that I liked. Um I obviously um Andreas's new model, his um his bucker, I I liked that. Um and um there was a Orion, um, from Greece, that I liked. Yeah, oh, yeah
0: that silver thing. Uh, the silver thing. Yeah. I'm looking at yeah. the photos yeah. of that.
2: That is a phenomenal the, model. Um, so there were there were a number of models there. It's it, it's hard to choose one, and and what it probably comes down to is you you choose an aircraft that you like yourself, and and for me that was probably um, the Bearcat. Not to take. Anything away from any of the others because there were some really nice airplanes there. The, okay. the Nomad was pretty sweet
1: too. Yeah, yeah. and, to and that's them. what I mean. It, it's there hard to choose. So
2: many good. Yeah, things. yeah. yeah. Like you can imagine
0: every model there is going to be a good model, but you know. Yeah,
2: yeah. Everything was good, and they're all all different to each other. You know, so it's. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like i like bear cats it's a model i've never built before so the bear cat stood out to me a bit <clears throat> there's a t-28 trojan that was very nice mm-hmm. um there was a wasn't a Grump-
1: fabian's fockwolf yeah
2: fabian's fockwolf's nice and um david copel's grumman i think it's an f2 it's it's like a Wildcat, but a biplane you
0: know that's a nice nice looking airplane and
2: um don't
0: forget about mel's favorite plane you know the one the white one. I,
2: yeah, the white one with, <laughs> that's electric with, with a with sound card. With <laughs> a sound card.
0: And all of us are none the wiser as to what that model is. Well, the,
2: there were a few electric ones there, and but there was only one all white model that I can remember and it was John Carpenter's model, yeah. but that, that was a, an Air Racer. Um, yeah. So,
3: yeah,
0: I'll, I'll leave her to be embarrassed by herself on that I'm, one. <laughs> I'm going through photos now. I do like um, that, um, the Fuga, the jet. Yeah. Oh, that was yep, nice. Right. Yep, and yep, I, yep. I, I, when I saw that, I thought, oh, I could see Dave having one of those in his hangar. Um, but, I'm actually not fond of that uh, yeah. as a full-size aircraft. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So you wouldn't see me with that one, I don't oh, think.
0: i have judged incorrectly. <laughs> I'm doing well. I still can't find this photo of this white plane. The only white plane that's showing up is a pits that you may know well. Yeah. A pits with a funny canopy. The thing
2: with, with Mel is she might say white and you'll find something that's blue and when you say, oh,
3: you mean this
0: blue one, she go, yeah, Oh, yeah, that's, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, look, uh, look. Mel, we'll just oh, leave look. you with that white plane that you think is really good with the sound card and um, – if you think of it, send me a message and I'll I'll uh, I'll put it in in the notes or something. <laughs> oh but, um, my god! Yeah, good podcasting right there. Well done. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, one hundred and one. We've <laughs> okay, just I'll lost all the subscribers now. You interviewed have someone. No idea. You interviewed someone. Went to the world champs. Asked them about your favorite model. They said the white one with a sound card in an electric <laughs> motor. <laughs> okay. If if you own a white plane with a sound card in electric motor, can you please contact Flat Out RC so we can inform <laughs> the audience? Stop it. Oh <laughs> we could go for days like this but we won't uh we're going to wrap this up now before the batteries go flat um david and mel you're a bunch of legends and i mean that and um congratulations both of you excellent performance uh and also i'm throwing in noel whitehead and greg lepp and joe Finicaro also for going there to help out monster monster effort and you did us proud once again and I can't wait to see what happens next. I don't know what's going to come out of your garage next, David. I really do not know. And now um, I, know, I know.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: Well, what's you know, space? but it, it, what you know, I'm a bit concerned about what you know because it's probably, yeah, I know what it is. It's, it's a plane <laughs> and it's got wings. But we haven't determined the colour yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it might have an
1: engine <laughs> in it. It <laughs>
0: doesn't know. You don't know the name or anything. So mold of the story is mel doesn't know names of planes david can't remember <laughs> but that's the alcohol consumption out of norway i think that's what happens <laughs> you yeah. anyway that fuzzy feeling
1: yeah
0: thanks for joining us once again and and big well done from i, I reckon not just me but from all the other aussies that uh, were following the journey congratulations thank you thanks andrew about to leave already packing come with me i'm not really asking we'll get away to a place where we don't know another episode of the flat out rc podcast done and dusted a big thank you to david and melissa law what a bunch of le- legends now we had a bit of a chat after the recording to, to try to work out what plane melissa was referring to that white plane that was electric with a sound card turns out to be an aero ae 145 or yeah aero ae 145 it's a czech plane it was owned by jiri brand he built the plane uh, and this is what i found out about that model it's actually a twin engine it is electric uh, it's a twin engine four seat light touring and corporate travel aircraft with retractable landing gear produced by the czechoslovak manufacturer aero Vodochody. A further variant of the AE45 was the AE45S. Anyway, have a look at the Aero AE145 and you'll see what we mean. And it is is a nice model. And it wasn't white. It was cream and red. Think, Yeah, cream and red. I wrote it in the notes. It was cream and red. So David was right wherein he said it's probably not white. It's probably some other color. It was actually cream. Okay, close. Anyway, thanks for the laugh, Mel. You're a legend. We love you. So we're just having a bit of fun. So, thanks to the team. Uh, we'll be back next week. I'm uh, not sure who the guests will be next week. I haven't lined it up. Um, if you've got any suggestions for guests, send them through to me. Get onto the Flatout RC Facebook page, send me a message, or the Instagram page, send me a message, or the flatoutrc.com.au website, uh, and send me a message through that. And uh, tell your friends about the Flatout RC podcast. Spread the word. This is a good episode. More people need to hear this story. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Talk to you soon. Thank <music> you.